This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Thanks to Rode Microphones, we are giving you a quick bite. In the nicest possible way. <laughs> yes. And I didn't feel a thing. Uh, before we get into this one, though, thanks to Rode Microphones, I'm talking into a Rode microphone. That's my only clue. Um, who wants to guess what this Rode microphone is? I do, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a headset mic. No. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I can't, I can't really play this game because I know what it is, but... Uh, oh, dang, okay. Yeah. Oh, you do too. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I forgot I told you yesterday. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's really close proximity, so I know that much. I mean, I, I've got like the, te- the taste of a little plosive there at one point. I think it's probably my mic technique more than... <laughs> okay, so, so it's not a headset mic. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, is it is it wireless? Nope. Not wireless. But what do you it, think of the, the sound of it? It sounds band passed, meaning that it doesn't have a tremendous high frequency extension, Yeah. you know, very high end, and it doesn't have a lot of low end. So what, that's what I mean by a band passed. Yep. Sound like mm-hmm. it's got a high pass and a low pass mm-hmm. filter. Um, that's what I'm hearing. Okay. Any guesses? I, I have no clue because I, I I guessed what I real I thought I nailed it. So I don't. Have, I'm <laughs> I'm spent. <laughs> I don't have any better idea. Well, you're halfway there because it's it's USB. It's USB. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Let me let me. Is it a small capsule or a large capsule, Mike? I'm not sure if it's got. I, let me. Oh, I can't see through the. Grill, I think it might be a large capsule. Really? Uh, let me have a look. It's the NT-USB Mini. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm going to guarantee that's a, like a mid to small capsule. Mm-hmm. It's probably an electric back condenser capsule is my guess. So those are different designs. Capsules, they don't use phantom power. They run yep. on like one and a half volts of electricity, so they're very, they don't need much power, mm-hmm. um, and they're much much less expensive to use. They're much easier to design. In fact, I watched a video on YouTube the other day. It was actually quite long, and it was a guy compares, comparing ten different electric capsules that he had just gathered from I don't know eBay or the online, and comparing the responses of all these different capsules. And that was a a pretty common theme among many that they would roll off at the bottom quite quite a bit and that they would roll off above 10 kilohertz or thereabouts and then sort of disappear. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my, my guess it might be one of those. But you can still have an extremely high quality electret capsule mics. They can be very, very, very high quality. They're just not commonly used as much as, you know, in professional studios. But yeah. It's um, it's definitely not on the same class as the Rode NT USB. Okay, and this is about half the price, right? Isn't this half the price of the? It's a bit cheaper, NT-USB? I think. Yeah, it has a headphone jack. It does have a headphone jack on the back. Um, right, so you can hear yourself, you can hear us. It makes it really easy for podcasts. That's what Correct. I was going to say. For, I mean, I I don't know that I'd maybe go with it for voiceover, but if you're right. a podcaster and you're looking for something that's affordable, will do the job. Gives you your headphone output, gives you everything you need to get started. Man, pretty good place to start in terms of quality. Yeah, it's a it's a price point, an easy to ease of use price point play. You know, it's a, it's around a hundred US. Yeah, it's not correct. very large. So, it's in other mics of a similar class would be the Apogee mic. Um, it's not at that class, 
but it's also like a lot less expensive. The Apogee is like 250 plus US. Um, so for, for what it is and, and size, it's definitely really compact. I'm looking at pictures of it online. It's, it's rather cute. Yeah. How do you yeah. have it set up, Andrew? Do you have it on an arm or? Yeah, just put it on a, on the on a boom arm. Yeah. Does it uh, have an easy way to mount to an arm? Yeah, it does. It's got nice. a couple of things. It's got the magnetic stand, which is the just the disc that it can clip onto. But if you take out the rubber grommet, uh, then you can find the threaded insert to put um, to put it to a, onto a stand or a boom arm. Oh, that's interesting. It's yeah. a magnetic base. Yeah, the base is cool. magnets to the, uh, to a table. Or the base magnets to the stand to the mic. Yeah, base base magnets to the mic. So oh, there's no screwing the the stand on or not. You just click it on. Yeah, it's so pretty one clever. of those things that drives me nuts about a lot of these consumer kind of consumer focused. I would call this consumer focused. Mic, yep. Is um is that they have a proprietary funky stand, and there's no real good proper way to connect it to a real good mic arm. But this is not that case. That I like that I like that it's designed to also mount to a real arm. Yeah. Which is super important. Like if you're just doing Skype calls, just stick it on your desk. It can be a foot and a half away. Not a big deal. Like if you got a file using this, Robbo, what would you think? Is it usable? I could. Yes, it's usable. Absolutely. But there's, you know, well, let's compare it to what you normally send me. I would notice a difference straight away. It's not really fair. Yeah. Hearing your voice all of a sudden... Yes. <laughs> on this mic, it, it really, it really is not. It's not really that. It's like you know they say, oh, I have to follow that act. Yes, that's <laughs> right, exactly. But you look, yes, I mean? like, it's it's brutal. It's a brutal comparison. What we hear of Andrew's voice every day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if someone sent me, if someone sent me the file and it had to be used in a TV commercial or radio imaging, yeah, I'd have to EQ no the shit out of it. I'd make it work, of course. But yeah, there yeah, totally are better good. places to start. Is probably what I'm trying to say. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just and just sorry, just quickly on that, um, I haven't touched APs. What you're hearing, besides a little light compression, is what's coming off the mic. So just so if you're interested okay. in what it sounds like, yeah, cool. I, I look, it's the first time I plugged it in. I just well, yesterday I, I plugged it in for about a minute, and uh, I was a bit. I was surprised. I didn't think it would sound as good as it does. Mm-hmm. Based on what it is and the price point, but you know, for for what it is, I, I kind of like it. It seems like they purposely EQ'd it to not be overly bright. Like yeah. they, they rolled off the top end, maybe maybe even on purpose, um, so it would have no sibilance, or you know, um, and it would also not pick up as much just whooshing and hissing of computer fans and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like it's really treading this line between fidelity. And trying to reject noise mm. from the environment. You I think I mean? you're correct. Exactly. I think it's exactly what they've done. Absolutely. And it, yeah, because you can have a, an affordable mic. I mean, you could have a really high resolution USB mic, but in the hands of the typical user, it could sound really bad. Yeah. You know, they might pop the hell out of it. It could be very bass heavy. It could pick up tons of bass noise from their desk, uh, from rumble, from their environment. This mic's not going to have rumble. No, you know, it's it's not going to have rumble, so you don't have to worry about rumble at all. That's already gone. So if I, if it was my if I had my druthers, I wish it had a little more top end on it. I wish I had a little bit more top. Yeah, you know, sizzle at the top, crack and crackle. Yeah, yeah, crackle and sizzle. I wish it had a little more of that. Other than that, 
Yeah, works fine. Yeah. And it has, so it has a knob on the front. Does it have any knobs on the back? I can't see any pictures. No, on there's the back. nothing on the back, just on the front. So it has a knob for the headphone level. Yeah, headphone level and monitor mix. Yeah, it's a monitor mix. So if I press the button, which is probably going to make a hell of a racket, hold your ears just in case. Okay. No, no, yes. It didn't. So that's cut my headphones out the back. So I assume I would do this if I was monitoring straight out of the laptop. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as I'm using the mic, I'll do it that way. Well, I think I think when you click that, you can now blend the send going out and the, what's coming back in your yeah. headphones. Yeah. Which which the Rode NTG, I'm sorry, the Rode NT USB also does. The fascinating thing is both of these mics, what they do is they omit a gain control. Yeah, so, which is really weird. It is really weird. Like Rode has decided that, well, they can just set the gain in their in their computer. That might be okay for some sources, and for other sources, you might have clipping. You know, you might really overdrive this mic if you're using it to record really loud sources. Yeah. So it's probably fine for spoken word, spoke, you know, just conversational volume. But if you're going to try to say do a video game or something with really dynamic range, you, dynamic voice, you may not be able to pull it off. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's a lot of USB mics companies do that. They just omit the input gain control. Um, so it's yeah, it's fascinating. I, I would love to talk. I mean, gosh, how could we get an engineer, a design engineer at Road on sometime? I'd love, man. That would be gold. A half hour of just Q and A with one of those designers understanding what they what they leave in what they put in why they don't put this I'm all sure their we design that, choices we yeah we should definitely pursue that because we we did once we had um when they did the was it the ii one we had peter um one of the designers the the belgian guy oh yeah mm-hmm. we, um, we should track him down see if we can get him back on because it, it would be fascinating to see what they're doing mm. yeah because i mean road they hit out of the park a lot Hell, the Roadcaster Pro has a new firmware. <laughs> it's in beta right now. Oh yeah! Wow. It, they 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 just took it. They just like you know they've been adding features for two years, right? I've had this thing for two years. Every six months or so, it's got a whole new set of features added on, right? The new one is like nothing I would have even dreamed of it having. So now the fader controls can be MIDI controllers. Wow! So that anything cool? that talks MIDI. The faders control MIDI, and the and the pad buttons, the sound effect buttons, are also MIDI controllers. So it has a whole new layer of functionality that never existed. They just they just turned it on. So you could be so, on uh, you could be on our podcast playing some you know some drum pads in the background or something. Then you could be triggering drum sounds. Um, one way they showed it being used was to switch cameras in OBS, ah, which is a video streaming yeah. platform. So they're like, have camera one on this button, camera two on this ah, button. Isn't that clever? So it's now a video switcher. Wow. Um, they had the faders mapped to channels in a DAW, you know, so they were like using Logic, I think. Yeah. So, I can't remember what, some application with a mixer, and they were using the faders to mix that. But now once this thing becomes a MIDI device, it's now a whole nother set of features, obviously. So- that blew my mind. And while I'm on the topic, they added more features even beyond that. They added a trash talk button. And what that means is when you enable trash talk mode and you hit a certain button on the pad, I can't remember which one, it will cut the feed going to out to the other listeners. 
So only the people in the studio can hear, but it doesn't go on the, it doesn't go, let's say it goes on the air, but it doesn't go to the phone call or the Bluetooth outputs. So it only goes to your They call it trash talk mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know if you've ever heard a radio show, you know, where there's a caller and then they're trash talking. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like dumping on the caller, you know, but the caller doesn't hear it. That's now a feature in the Roadcaster Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then, and then another one is a beep mode. And when you turn the beep mode on, it's a it's for you know knocking out swearing. Now I don't know how you predict someone's going to swear, but that's another topic. Yeah, but if you're going to do it, that's probably okay. yeah. If you're going to do it, when you hit the button, not only does it cut your tone, your your voice, it mutes every channel. And so for the time that you press the button, it just yeah. makes the tone. So anybody, if anybody swears anything, it overrides all the channels and all you hear is doot. So if you've got a boring <laughs> guest, you could hold your hand down and you could go, oh, well, it seems that we've lost blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we lost him. He's a flatliner. Um, yeah. So these are all just, just baked in. They're just like, well, we might as well give it a shot. Again, it's all beta. So I haven't installed it yet. I'm not ready to go take the no, plunge. No, I wouldn't but- either. Yeah. You know, props to props to Rode. Very and cool. And you'll see though. online people will say, "Well, that feature's dumb," or "Well, I wanted to have this feature." And then other people will say, "Are you guys out of your minds? This is a two-year-old product that continues to get new free features that cost you nothing to yeah. use, and you're going to complain that they didn't add this or they didn't add that or whatever." I it's just it's it's pretty funny. I mean, they've learned they're learning the lesson. Like the more free you give, the more people expect. Yes. True. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, it's no it's good deed balance. goes unpunished, as right. my <laughs> yeah, wife <exactly>. always says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. road, you know, props to road. Yeah. And the nice thing about our, our new microphone is it is our new microphone. We should say thank you. That's our new guest mic for when we have guests yeah, like so when uh, we have a guest that, like yeah. Stuart the other week, uh, we can send it out to him and he can plug it in and we've got him on a nice sounding microphone. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, perfect. So thank you, right? Some of the best shows send out packages to the yeah. to the guests who are not prepared with any proper We're not recording method. So <laughs> And some of the other good shows get packages sent to them with goodies inside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well we did. We got you got what, three microphones landed on your door yesterday, you're telling me. Yeah, well, um, two of them have got to go back, of course, to yes, test. But, but they, still. Um, two from Shaw. So we've got an SM7B and one of their ribbon mics. So we're going to be playing with those in the coming weeks. Indeed. To see, um, oh, what nice. They sound like. Is that the, is that the, the Shure the sure ribbon mics, supposedly really mm-hmm. top shelf? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because it's something that, you know, historically isn't really used in voiceover. No. Because no. um, they usually sound a bit dull, but um, right. supposedly, because Rode have one which I've been trying to get to play no around. No kidding, with. yeah, the NTR, which is NTR. an active ribbon mic, yeah, yeah, which looks really cool. But um, I haven't managed to get my hands on one of those yet, and I, I actually don't think they're pushing it, and that's probably why they're not sending it. Right. Um, but the Shure one looks interesting too, because they're, they're both Rode and Shure are using a different kind of ribbon, so. Uh huh. It's not like the uh, traditional ribbon where, you know, if you, a plosive could destroy it. Mm, uh, right, these ones, right. you can basically drop them and, it, and it's fine. Yeah, they're much more sturdy. Yeah, yeah, what makes ribbons interesting is their figure eight pattern. Yeah, So we've exactly. talked a lot about that when we talked about the OC818 and how great the figure eight pattern is. And that's just part of part and parcel of a ribbon mic. Yeah. So it's a pro and a con. You have to know how to use it. Your room has to be set up right to use it. 
but it can be a huge pro in some circumstances. I've I've dabbled a lot with with figure eight. Yeah, I like figure eight, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of your faves. One of my faves. Now we did get um, a message sent to us, uh, changing the subject completely. Uh, from a guy called John Davenport. And John, he says, I love your podcast. I know Andrew uses a Neve 1073 mic pre, but I wanted to know if you have any experience or knowledge about the Neve clones that are out there. I'm looking at the Warm Audio WA73. Uh, one of the selling points is that they use Carnhill transformers for ins and outs. Any thoughts or heard anything on these clones? I'm interested in this because I can't afford a Neve. Ha, ha, ha. Thanks, John Davenport. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and a Neve, as it gets older, doesn't get cheaper. No, it doesn't. No. That's true. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Absolutely. <laughs> I uh, Quickly, I, I will say that I have no hands-on or ear-on experience whatsoever with that one. But just a note about the Transformers, for those, for those wondering, the Transformer design and how it's made and who makes it has a lot to do with how a preamp is going to sound. And so, you know, that's a lot of the character of a preamp is the Transformer. Not every preamp has Transformers, right? Like a, an Avalon is a Class A design, no Transformer, and it's extremely transparent, the Avalon 737. Yep. Or the Grace M101. But when it's Transformer-coupled, that has a sound to it, and that is part of and a lot of what gives a preamp its its character. So the fact that they are using a, a name brand respected transformer design means that that they realize how important that is. So that's probably a good sign. Um, there's a lot of cheaper, uh, probably seventy three preamp knockoffs out there, clones. So yeah, it's it's that's a that's. Something to be aware of. It's, tubes often get a lot of credit for a sound quality thing or having a tone or whatever. But the transformer is really the biggest part of it. Yeah, well, that was certainly Rupert Neve's thing. That was what he was all about was transformers, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the only thing I do know about Warm, and it's not the, ten, the WA-73, I did have a WA-76 compressor, um, which is now in the hands of my buddy Pip. Uh, who then has since gone out and bought a WA87, the U87 clone. Right, right. Which he actually really loves. And I know another guy, uh, Adam from Toyland, uh, recording studio here in Melbourne, and he his mic collection is unbelievable, to say the least. Um, but he's been using, I'm sure he still is, um, a WA47, and uh, he, he loves it, so... Yeah, they have a warm 47 and a junior 47. That's way less expensive. It's a FET mic. Yeah. Um, I heard one or two. One was good. One was noisy. So I'm not sure what was that was about. But um, looking at their site here, I'm seeing that Sylvia Massey is a big time endorser for warm audio. So oh, really? really? Kicking up their yeah, they're really kicking up their their image. Yeah, with Sylvia Massey. Yeah, but the, yeah. W87 R2. I guess the newest one for 600. It's a very very compellingly priced 87 clone. So uh, curious to see how they voiced it. And, you know, because we all know 87s have more than one personality or more than one era. You know, there's the original, there's the AI, and they're quite different sounding. So mm. curious. Yeah. It looks like it's based on the classic 60s circuit. So I'm assuming them in. This is, this is really meant to be more of a vintage 87. Yeah, well, it, we did talk to the the guys from Warm some time ago when they released the WA eighty seven. Right, um, that was a few years back now. 
But it's interesting they've got the Sylvia Massey. That's um, that's a bit of a score. Let's let's be honest. It's big business now. It's a way for these engineers and stuff to continue to have income streams right sure, now. True, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been a pretty brutal last year. So I think a lot of these folks are getting more into endorsing and, and promoting because and she's doing a lot of it. She does Antelope Audio too. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah. But let me yeah. ask you this. Does that mean if you, if you see someone like that clearly going out and just endorsing just about everything they can get their hand on, does it give more credence to what they're endorsing or less in your mind? I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I'll tell you this, that my, my <laughs> using and using the NTG5 on the show has certainly given it credence in our industry. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, I will still always tell people like, this is a mic that I've been given and I try and I use on the show that I like, but I will always, I really try to give people, if they're, if they're concerned about any bias, I will always tell them, you know, this was given to me. Um, in her case, I don't know really what's going on, whether, you know, I would imagine a someone of her stature, all this stuff is probably given to her, but she really knows her stuff. Like you want to go down the rabbit hole. Watch some of her videos. Yeah. I mean, she's like a living encyclopedia of audio equipment and knowledge. So, you know, take whatever she says with, you know, a grain of salt, but, you know, listen with your own ears as to what she's recording. But she certainly you can't, you can't doubt that she knows what she's talking about. So oh, absolutely. In fact, she's about to release a book if she hasn't done already, which is the uh, sort of a, a, a full book on microphones. Oh, That's really? That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. know, I know she's been doing a lot of research, apart from, you know, Tons. obviously just working research, but uh, yeah. out and about. I saw her doing a video at um, Abbey Road with their microphone right. guy yeah, going through everything, which was fascinating. That was fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had all these mics splayed out in front of her. Yeah. Didn't she also record a whole drum kit with, a, with like, vintage mics or something? Was that I haven't the same seen video? that one, but I've seen all sorts of weird stuff where she's, like, mic'd up. Uh, what did she mic up a guitar? And then threw it off a cliff. <laughs> um, all these, and she got these whack sort of weird bits of gear that you know sound awful, but she loves it because it just makes she's, something new. Yeah, she's she's a wild one. She's quirky and interesting and and smart and does really cool stuff. Yeah. She's, hey, listen, listen. Before we go, AP, I've got to take you back. Did you say Toyland in Melbourne is the studio that had the warm? Yeah, audio Toyland. Game? Yeah. It's a shame that studio name's taken because it would be perfect for you, given the amount of gear that you've got sitting around in your room <laughs> and you keep accumulating. Mine's just called Twatland. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite, recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging with tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website, theproaudiosuite.com.